Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Ryan Teague from Escaping the Ordinary and Feather and Finch Photography. And today, another powerhouse guest, Jai Long. Jai doesn't need an introduction at all. This is actually his third time being on the podcast. Jai is an incredible powerhouse, both in the wedding photography game, but also the educational space. Today, we jump into all things Wedding Summit, things that have worked with Jai's business in the past, and things that he helps photographers overcome. Make sure you get a notepad and pen hand this is an incredible episode with Jai Long. You can see the blog at ryanteague.co. And guys, enjoy this episode. It's an honor to have you back, Jai. Hey, man. So good to be back here again. Legend, mate. And um, I know a lot of things have changed. And we were just talking off here before about the last time you were on the podcast. And I think it was leading into the last summit. And I know there's a new mm. summit coming, but before we jump into that, Jai, because I really want to jump into the summit and all the things that have you've adapted, the business, et cetera. But without giving the listeners a, a breakdown of where Jai come from, where he is now, I know you do a lot of mentoring and coaching for photographers. I want to dive straight into it, my man, and ask, what are some common things that keep reoccurring when you're talking to photographers about problems they face? I think there's a lot of levels when it comes to what people really struggle with. And obviously, well, it's not obvious to everyone, but one of the main things that people come stuck with is really their mindset, imposter syndrome, creating limiting beliefs around a certain something that they find is their truth, but they can't find a new truth. And honestly, I know that's like the biggest thing that holds everyone back. It holds me back, you know, and holds you back. And I think we always need to have the humility to know that we need to keep working on that and keep evolving and growing because if you don't, it's very easy to become irrelevant. It's very easy to be left behind because there's so many people on the self-development path that that are going to out-innovate you and, and get more creative than you and are going to be able to do a lot more things than what you're probably doing now if you're not looking after your own mental health and your own mindset and breaking those limiting beliefs. So with that dry, obviously the imposter syndrome gets a lot of us and especially like a lot of our mindset can and bring a lot of negativity and a lot of stalling in the business. But what are some like practical ways photographers or creatives can get past the imposter syndrome? Man, it's it's interesting. Like, let's break it down. Like, why do they have imposter syndrome? So I like I think there's a few different reasons. I think one reason is a lot of, especially wedding photographers, didn't go to college, didn't go to university to study the craft or to learn business. So deep down, I do believe like the imposter syndrome is a little bit real because they know that they're missing something or they didn't learn something. So they might feel like they don't deserve to be in a space like that space or like they're going to get caught out and people are going to find out the true self like them, you know, on a, on a true level. And I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of truth with that for sure, because it definitely disappears as you get more empowered with knowledge. So as you know that you're like capable and confident in a space that you're resourceful and you can make things happen, the imposter syndrome starts sort of falling away. And obviously there's like a newer, bigger problems, but I do believe like we all have to go through it. And there's a lot of times, man, like a lot of times when it comes up again and again, and it does for me, definitely. And just not knowing like, am I good enough for what I'm doing? Like, do I deserve this? Like, I think there's a lot of things around that. To get through it, like, you first of all, you have to have some sort of self-awareness. You've got to understand that, like, where you have these blocks. And then you need to sort of 
dissect it and see where it came from or where it's coming from and how you can sort of move past it or what can you change in your habits? What can you change in your life right now? You know, a lot of us, like we wouldn't sign up to a course or we wouldn't read a new book or we wouldn't get into a new room. Or we wouldn't go and reach out to someone because deep down we believe that I'm not worthy of a new course because I am not good enough anyway, or I'm not going to succeed. And there's no point of wasting money, right? So when someone tells me, oh, I would never get a coach or a course because it's too expensive. I'm like, it's too expensive for you that don't believe in yourself, but it's not too expensive for someone else that's like trying to get somewhere to do something, you know, and they're doing whatever they can to make it happen. Then obviously a dollar value is non-existent because there's a bigger thing at play there. But I think that's... um. Yeah, honestly, I think we need to just get into a new space and just identify like what it is. And then from there, we need to give ourselves a lot more self-love, man, because I think we don't really celebrate the fact that we have been like working hard, doing a lot of things. We've gone through the trenches. Like we always talk about what we fail in, right? Like, oh, this doesn't work. Or what if a client gives us a bad review? Or what if this happens? Or what if I don't make enough money? And we forget that like, man, we're putting so much negative energy into our minds, but what about feeding the positive energy? What about like those small wins that you went and overcame to get to where you are? And the thing that happened last week where you just booked a client or something, like why not share that with people instead of just the struggles? So I think that really does help you free the shackles. And um, one of the best ways to do that is find new people, find a new room of people, find a new group, like listen to a new podcast, listen to a new book whatever it is, but you need to change your circumstances. That's incredible. I think a few things came out to my mind then. Obviously, I've been one that's dealt with imposter syndrome, especially starting my business. We all know, I mean, we can jump into social media, but all the listeners out there know how um, devastating social media can be really when, when we're constantly consuming and not creating, which it's made to be done, right? Yeah. Joe, I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment or listening to a book called The Infinite Game. And um, talks about like a lot of people get hung up on this whole mindset thing, think it's like this whole like Tony Robbins, not even Tony Robbins, but you know, this whole like concept of yeah, 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 I get you. But like, tell me what's next. But 12 hours into this, this audio book, The Infinite Game, and it talks about the long jeopardy of businesses, but just going simply like, am I in this for the paycheck this year or am I in for it forever? And how simply that, that analogy can change mm. the direction of business and when COVID hits, you don't just peel off and offer drive-through elopements. And it's like, you've got a bigger why, which I thought was really interesting. Man, to be honest, like most people only in it for the week paycheck. 100%. So you're saying the year paycheck, but like when I talk to people, they're like, man, I just, I need to do whatever I can to get mm. a booking this week, which means you show up differently because you exactly. start cutting corners. You don't invest in things. You don't do something for the love of it. And uh, it's a really hard place because you're trying to thrive and you're not in a space where you can thrive yet. You're trying to survive, not, you mm. know, you can't thrive. And I think a lot of like the masses have that approach. And I'm sure like we all have it at times, but because a lot of people have that similar approach, a lot of pivoting on the same moment, especially COVID, right? Like perfect time to pivot business if that was your your thoughts about offering other things, but keeping the ears open to there. But you said a few things there that was really interesting about like, you know, investing in the business courses, et cetera. What are some things that like you hear often about because you offer like mentoring business map, which you'll jump into in the summit. But what are some mind blocks I think photographers have when leading into possibly handing over some money for some courses and stuff you think? 
like deep down, I think they don't believe that they're worthy or capable and don't have the time or like if you're not in thrive mode and you're just trying to survive, you're just thinking like, man, like how could I possibly do a course when I don't even post enough on Instagram? Mm. Like I know what I need to do. And the problem is, and it really is like this, man. And the more and more I think about it, it's like when you go to Ikea and you buy that piece of furniture that you absolutely hate putting together and you don't read the instructions, it takes you a long time. But when you read the instructions, it's really easy. Someone mm. designed some instructions for you and then it's like really easy to put the thing together, isn't it? I think it's a lot of that. It's also a lot of blockages where you feel like you know everything. And it's like so many of us, man, like we don't have that humility of like, hey, I'm not the best. We think we're the best and we go, what could you possibly teach mm. me? And people t- say that to me. I have people saying like, Jai, I already make 50000 a year. What could you possibly teach me? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I do make probably 20, 30 times more money than you. So I'm guessing there's probably something, but an, it mm. won't be anything until you're ready mm. to, to actually listen or to ask for help or to put yourself out there like that. And until you're ready, and I call it coachable, until you're coachable, there won't be any results for you because you're not open for it. And man, it takes us a long time to get open for it because we can be skeptical of so many things, but online courses, coaches, all this kind of stuff to me, it makes a lot of sense because I didn't pay for college. I didn't pay for a degree. I didn't go to school. And so I see other people that save for a long time to get a degree or they got big hex bills or they pay a lot for education. And I'm like, I'm all about hacking, right? I'm like, I can learn of someone that's already got the success, bypass everything else. And it only cost me maybe a couple of thousand mm. dollars. Like to me, that blows my mind. Like the value is so stupidly crazy in my favor. So then I'm like, of course, man, I wouldn't think twice. Like people don't think twice of investing $100,000 in four years of their life into a degree that doesn't even guarantee then that they're learning from someone that's actually done anything or they're going to get a job or they're going to learn business and they're going to know how to do anything at, by the end of it. And they say, yeah, no worries because it's the normal. And that to me, man, that's more risky. And that actually blows my mind. I would never invest $100,000 into a university degree. Mm. Do you think it's... um. <laughs> As well, like being a photographer, a lot of us are working solo, right? Like we don't really have an environment that we're, you know, working with other people and can share thoughts or Mm. learn from others as well. I remember working, you know, in other corporations and stuff and you'd sit down and you'd kind of problem solve with someone and then you'd bounce off this idea. But being in your own office, maybe in your home or your studio, it's like, like you said, you think you know it all because you don't have anyone questioning a lot of your beliefs, et cetera, totally. or, or giving you that feedback. But yeah, I mean, yes. I'm a huge advocate for it, right? Like I, I always have the saying in my mind is that you can learn something from every man and unless you're willing to step in and listen, you will learn nothing, right? And like, it could be a photographer mm-hmm. that's been in the game six months or the neighbor down the road or, but listen, actually listening. Hey, because I remember many times when I started, yeah, like just someone would say something, I'm like, Dude, that guy's been in the game for 10 years. Like, yeah, Yeah. man. Like you absolutely just fast-tracked my success. Like, and I look through my business now and I'm like, there's so many of those implementable things that when you're ready to learn. Hey man, it happens to you all the time. Like you just said that you're reading a book and then you've got this mindset shift. Me looking at your face when you're telling me, this is only this week, I assume. And so like, I see that and I'm like, I love that because I'm always doing that too. I I read a book this morning. I just told everyone what I just learned. Mm -hmm. And man, how many times do you have those epiphanies? When you're ready and you open, you learn. Literally, you can have them every single day. And you're like, Mm. fuck, my mind is blown. I can't believe I didn't know this. And I still have those every day, man. 
Like I have more than anyone because I'm like hungry for mm. it, you know? Mm. And especially with that infinite game, eh? Like look at, I mean, every, a lot of people are pivoting right now. Even though I was driving in the car on the way back from the gym at five this morning and I was like just talking about Kodak and like the different mindset between Kodak and Apple and where they are now. And it's like Apple had the big vision and didn't kind of, you know, hold mm. true to their guns. Like they, they understood times were changing, but they had a bigger vision where Kodak was like, no, we're going to stay as this, et cetera. Do you want to know what's interesting about that? Yeah. Kodak invented digital cameras. I know. the Wasn't it the first <laughs> digital camera or something? Oh, yeah. man. He was jumping And then they killed that. their own industry. I know. Well, it was funny. So, so he was saying that, um, yeah, because Kodak invented the first digital camera and they realized that the world was going to turn digital, but 99% of their business was built around film about the chemicals. They had the mm-hmm. developers. They had everything. They were too big to pivot. Yeah, exactly. And they thought, well, if we go down this digital path, we are going to absolutely annihilate 99% of our business, which is understandable. But as long jeopardy takes its toll. Exactly. You know, everyone's going to do it anyway. That's right. They did declare bankruptcy. Right. I mean, talking big corporations, me sitting in my little studio, but it, it's really... It's all the same though, man. Exactly. It's all the same. Just on a bigger scale, hey, you mm-hmm. know, listen, I think it's like always listening to what's happening out there. And moving when you see yeah, shifts that are, are pretty dominant, that's going to withstand the test of time. Mm-hmm. But also going like, yeah, I mean, I've seen things like drive-through wedding photography during COVID. And that's cool. Um, I probably get a little bit of cash here. But I always think that it dumbs down the actual work that you're producing. Like, I don't know. It seems like Kmart, like there's a new trend and it's out and it's out. It's, out. it's like, well, you can go to a boutique store and you know they're going to be true to their simple style, etc. But First, I actually want to jump into the business, mate, because I don't think we covered it much on the last episode. And I would love a refresher about what the business map is, how it came to light, and who is it for? The business map is like my signature coaching program. So it's like an online coaching program. And I don't think a lot of people don't realize it's actually a coaching program. So I actually sit there and I like coach people, you know, big group sessions with everyone. We do that every two weeks. And then I have a mastermind with someone inside the course to to do the same thing, something they've learned. And then they come in and teach everyone. Then there's also the online course aspect. So it's for wedding photographers and videographers. And it's for business, man. Because I've got to tell you, like I've been in business for a long time now. I've had big successes, big failures, you know, like, like you're probably your audience knows. And um, for me, it's, it's second nature and I love it. I love it because it's so easy. And like, I, I see success as easy and I, and I see business as easy. Like that's something for me, just on my personal level, like I love it. And I realized most people don't. And so I leaned into my superpowers and I was like, you know what I can do is I can teach people business in a way that they would actually understand. And I was just doing a mastermind actually inside the business map about like buying properties. And it's funny because um, two people actually bought an investment property afterwards and they came back to me on the group corner like, Jai, I bought, like I've talked to so many financial advisors, I've talked to so many people and then you made it so simple that I felt empowered that I could just buy a property. And what's interesting is like, you know, property's got nothing to do with wedding photography, Mm. but I'm teaching business and I'm teaching success. And so it's like success habits and it's high performance and things like that. So I do talk about investing. I do talk about what to do with your money. I do talk about marketing. I do talk about, you know, what's the next marketing trend. I I make sure I'm on front in front of everything. I do talk about how to outsource and, and all that kind of stuff, man. And so that's one big aspect, but the other aspect, dude, is it's the biggest online course for wedding photographers on business on the planet. 
and everyone's so ambitious, dude. So because it's like a higher entry point, you've got to pay a bit more to be in there. Like the people that it brings in, like everyone's hungry. So you all of a sudden you're in a room, like I'm in a room that I'm just inspired by everyone and seeing like everyone's out innovating each other and then sharing their feedback. And to me, it's like, I can actually see real growth now in an industry. And I know I'm like, man, people are going to start fast tracking and fast tracking past a lot of people that are, are not innovating. And that actually gets me really excited because I believe like the industry hasn't really been innovated that much in in the longest time. And I believe a lot of people are holding themselves back. So seeing people progress and like, for instance, man, I don't know if you remember this, but when you first started out, did you make six figures in your first year? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. So I can't remember if I did, but it was something that no one talked about and no one did. Right. Mm. But man, like in the business map now, like I'm mind blown that people are in there like, yeah, I went full time like four months ago and I just hit six figures. And I'm like, how? Like, how does it happen, <laughs> man? Like, you know, back when I was like starting out, like I could do a workshop or something, but you mm. didn't have access to do that. So yeah, for me, that, that's what the course is about. And um, it brings me a lot of joy, I've got to say. <laughs> it's incredible that, yeah, like you said, like a lot of people have access to this kind of front, especially, you know, like around the world. I remember when I started just under seven years ago. Yeah. Like it took a couple of years to even get a bit of momentum. I mean, I totally, went around for man. Jonas Peterson's workshop and it took... I went to the same one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I think I was two years in, like still like throwing around the part-time thing because there wasn't really any resources where, where I could learn off people that had done it. Otherwise, I'd have to wait for their workshop, travel around the world, spend exactly. you know, $5,000 for two days and sit in mm-hmm. a room of 200 people and get accommodation and car hire, and which I did. And a lot of the time you get left out, you know, your notepad's full and there's no, there's nothing after that, especially in these bigger exactly. workshop groups. Hey. Yeah, man, I, I did the same thing as you. Mm, mm. It, it seems like you're a super common thing. Obviously, you've changed, you've innovated a lot of the wedding industry and the game, um, which is incredible. Hats off to you, my man. Like, um, I'm trying to innovate education, to be honest, like yeah. education in our space, because I just don't think people have been doing it correctly. Mm. Like I think people overcharge for stuff and then they don't charge for results. They charge for their name, their Instagram followers. And I, and that blows my mind. I'm like, so you can charge this much cause you got a hundred thousand mm. followers, but mm. am I going to make a hundred thousand dollars from mm-hmm. going to your thing? And you're charging me this much. And so I think it's been scaled wrong and it's been about the influencer or the rock star photographer and it hasn't been about the students. And so when you make it about the students, you change the game mm. because you're actually there working at how can I get them something more and tangible opposed to something you know more for yourself. So 100% totally different shift right there. Eh? Mm. And then so the business map is the staple of Dry Long. Yeah. And then what eventuated next? I know we've got the summit and the client journal. I don't know. I want to jump into both, but what was the next move for you there? Uh, it was the summit. Yeah. Wow. And, and so tell me, um, I don't know if we touched on it, but I just want to hear about how the summit came to light. Yeah. And uh, and then we want to talk about this, this summit coming up November 22nd to 23rd this year. Well, man, talk, talking about like um, innovating, I got a email from these guys that said, like, I won't call it who they are or whatever, that said like, hey, we would love you to talk at our online course. There's going to be like five speakers or whatever, and you could cover this. It's going to be awesome. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'd love to do that. And I said like, oh, here's my rates. And which I just thought like, it's a job, right? Like, why wouldn't I get paid? Mm -hmm. Anyway, they wrote back saying like, oh, you're going to be talking alongside 
these four other photographers and they told me their names as if like, you know, oh my God, I should be doing it for free because I'm going to be doing that. And then they said, they're all doing it for free. So we expect you to do the same. And this is going to help your portfolio and it's going to help your career. And so I wrote back saying like, hey, so if someone's going to learn business from me, then they need to learn from someone that's has enough self-worth <laughs> to charge for, for their own time. Mm. And then it went backwards and forwards. And then I ended up getting a little bit heated about it. And I was just like, look, I I'm, am sick of working for like, I don't know why all photographers and, and our industry says like charge what you're worth, but then don't pay other people what they're worth. And so like the disconnect was kind of killing me to be honest, man. And so I started brainstorming. I was like, and they were selling this course for $500 as well. And so I was brainstorming. So they were selling the course $500. They weren't even in the course. Mm. They were selling other people's information that they didn't pay them. So the business model to me was just like, it has to fall over. It's built on the house of cards. Like how can, Mm. and I don't even know why these other educators were doing it for free, but I was like, it has to fall over, right? And then so I got brainstorming. I was like, there's got to be a way where we can make it so affordable for the students and every speaker gets paid, you know, what they feel like they're worth and it helps everybody. Like there has to be a way. So I was like brainstorming it up. And then I was like, I think I've worked it out and I want to try it out. And this is going to be ridiculous, but I do believe if we come from a place of service and we, and results and we, and we create something next level, I believe we could charge $7 for it. And I believe we could pay all the speakers. And that, so at the time, like it was just an idea and I had to pay all the speakers, which was, you know, a huge sum of money. And so I haven't sold any tickets or anything. So I outlaid the money first for the speakers. Then I had to outlay the money for advertising and everything. And then I had to hope that you know, enough $7 tickets were going to cover all these expenses, right? And we did it and we pulled it off and it kind of blew my mind. And um, I was like kind of proving to myself that like when people say like, oh, we only charge $500, we can't possibly pay the speakers. I was kind of proving to myself that it was like, it doesn't actually matter how much you charge. There's always a way, you know, and for me, I'm a business coach. So I'm, I'm a problem solver. I'm like, mm. there's always a way that you can out innovate. You just got lazy because you didn't hire a coach or you didn't even work it out. You just mm. said it wasn't possible. So I proved it was possible and it was a huge hit. And so I feel like I got a lot of hate from it, from a lot of educators because they were like, man, I sell courses for $2,000 and your workshop had more in it. And you can't do that to the industry, right? And I'm like, man, you selling courses $2,000. It's not worth $2,000. That's the problem, right? <laughs> so it's, it's not me undercutting the industry. It's mm. you not bringing enough value. So we launched it. We had 8,000 people show up to it. It blew people's minds. Like so many people, I was just just talking to a student that came to the first one. They said, Jai, like I seen how many people were like actually talking at it. It was incredible. And I knew it had to be a scam because it just couldn't be that good, Mm. you know, too good to be true. So I bought a ticket just to see the scam (laughs) and just to see how it's going to, you know, flop or whatever. And then he was telling me that he's like, man, I, I walked away and I was just like, I can't believe how much I just got two. I got two days with 12 of the best wedding photographers in the world, uh, with workbooks, with downloadables, with a DJ, with like everything, right? There was more promo codes than the ticket it cost. <laughs> and they couldn't work out like how that happened. Yeah, and, yeah. and then they thought it was just a, like a once off and then it happened again. And, and then they joined the business map actually. And they're like, business map was again. They said, even though I've been on all your things, your business map was so much more expensive and you promised everything. And I just thought like, I have a guarantee. If you don't love it, I'm going to give you your money back, you know, for the business map. And so um, they said they joined knowing the guarantee was there because they thought like, if he's not going to execute on this promise, I can just get my money back. 
And then he joins and then he's like, dude, the business map had like double the amount of videos you even promised. And it was, and the first group call went for six hours of you answering every person's questions. And like, he's like, I, I didn't even expect it to have as much value as what it actually has. And so I think, man, like you, you bring value to people and watch what happens. And so mm. that's what the summit is. And, and this time that we're doing the summit again, it's uh, we, we're turning it up even harder and I'm, and I'm pushing myself even more. So it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Solid, man. So tell me, the first summit dry was $7. $7, yep. Every summit's been $7, yeah. Every summit. When you, <laughs> you know what we did, man? So we had VIP for $97 on, on the first one. And then for the second one, we actually made some money because of the VIP. And on the second one, we were like, fuck it, let's cut VIP in half. So we, and most people like, they're like, yeah, let's get yeah, more yeah. profits, like jam up the price. But we halved the, we, we halved our VIP, you know, just to make sure that like, um, it was just like so affordable for everybody. It sounds absolutely crazy spending seven, like a cup of coffee. Yeah. And having what, 12 speakers you said? Yeah, 12 speakers 12 over two speakers days. 12 speakers over two days. Like. And we paid like DJ, like everything, man. You know, like to put it in perspective for this summit that's coming up, it's it's in like um, a month's time or a bit mm. over. But I've got a team out here and myself. So there's six of us right now, full time. We've been working for the last two weeks. And we're going to be working for like probably two months in total. Full time, man. Like for me to bankroll wages to make that happen, like mm. that alone is fucking expensive, right? And a lot of things that people won't even see, but what we're doing is we're trying to optimize just like the client experience when yes. someone comes on and like, you know, so many little things. And um, yeah, we're just, I don't know. Like I think business is made to be playful and I think it's like life's too short not to have a good time. And I think experimenting and doing that type of stuff means like I've got real world knowledge and data of what can actually work. So when someone tells me now, like it's impossible to sell a ticket for $500 and make money, then I'm like, hey man, like I've done a different way. I've sold tickets for 500, sold tickets for 2000. I've sold tickets for seven. Like I've done all of them. And so like, I need to do that as a business coach to make sure that I'm relevant and I know what I'm talking about, man. Like, you know what I mean? For sure. I want to take <laughs> you back a little bit, Dry. I'm going to go back to the summit in a sec because I got plenty of yep. questions coming up on that, man. But I know you previously used to do a lot of in-person workshops and I'd sell yeah. out and I attended one. It was, it was so, so awesome, man. Do you see Jai Long doing any more in-person stuff? I would love to do it. Like we've been in, in lockdown <laughs> for the longest time. It's been absolutely chaos. Here's the crazy thing. Like, I don't know if you know this, but I was just, I just did a um, podcast. Uh, I just recorded this morning on how I'm like a self-made millionaire, right? But in the last 12 months, I have uh, done three summits and we have rebranded each time with all new lineups. So that's huge. Um, I launched a um, clothing brand. We built a shop. I've bought four properties. I've renovated two of them. I've moved out of a house. We've done all this stuff. I've launched my course a few times. We've had the biggest launches we've ever had. We've done a lot and um, we've done it all in lockdown. And so when so many people are like, oh man, like I wish I had some time like Jai's got. And I'm like, man, if you've seen the resistance that we have, like trying to organize things during lockdown, and having staff and having people like all over the place, like to do all that in 12 months is a fucking hard thing to do, man. How often does Jai sit back and reflect like you have done, but give yourself a pat on the back? Yeah, dude. Like I, I was actually, I was talking about that book I was reading. I was actually listening to the book and this guy was saying like, if you're a high performer, you underestimate how much you do. So like, think mm. about what you've done in the last 12 months. 
And so I thought about it and I was like, oh my God, here I am pushing for the next thing. And I'm like, I've done more than what most people do in a lifetime. Like that's actually crazy. You know, I probably made more income than a lot of people have done in a lifetime. Like that is nuts. You know, I've also, I also made a million dollars on crypto. The bank pulled over. I mean, so the business pulled over like just under 2 million. The properties, like we've done some stuff with the properties. Like it's in the last 12, I'm not talking about like, you know, in the last 24 months, I'm saying like from today in the last 12 months, does that blow your mind or what? <laughs> it blows my mind. I have plenty of questions about to jump in. What separates dry long from other people that have done nothing or I, I think haven't, it, haven't achieved <laughs> the momentous things you've done in the last 12 months? I mean, I, th- I think um, everyone achieves, everyone has their own uh, like base and everyone's where they should be and where they need to be. Because like, there's times when like nothing's happened for me and stuff for me, like I know some people may complain a little bit more. So for instance, if you're in lockdown, that could be an excuse for people. But I always got to say, like, don't complain, just act. And I think the fact that I'm always, there's action going on all the time on big levels. I think that is a a huge thing. And then having big goals and creating an emotional connection to your own goals. So a lot of us, like, we won't perform at a higher level if we don't have a goal that's something close to our heart. And it could be something like, you know, I can't pay the bills this month and my wife, you know, like she doesn't deserve that. Like she, you know, she works hard and stuff and, I, and like, why aren't we getting somewhere or, you know, like my clients, why can't I create an amazing experience from, or why can't I pay the speakers to come and talk at my $500 workshop? If you have like more of an emotional connection to a goal where you want to build and, and create something bigger, I think that's really important. The other thing is, man, I think like a lot, not enough people work to their potential. Like I think people put a dollar value on their time and on their life and they don't actually work towards their potential. And I think like everyone listening right now, they don't understand how much more they can do. Like they can do more and they can be so much more. And and there's so much there, but like you, you do have to wake up every day and go like, what's something courageous I can do? Or what's something that's going to bring someone value? Or how can I make someone feel better about themselves? Or what's something I'm going to learn today? What's the new room I'm going to get into? And I don't think enough of us ask enough those um, important questions. So if you ask a, a really good question, you're going to get a really good answer, I think. Does Dry Long ever have times when he has no thoughts, no ideas coming up? <laughs> no, not really. There's always an idea. <laughs> How do you come up with your ideas? Are there any practical things? Yeah, giving myself time and space away from work. And look, things that I don't do, man, like, and this is, I've, I've just never have done. I don't scroll Instagram and, and like, look at things. I don't follow people that don't bring me some sort of value. You know, I don't sit there and watch TV. I don't scroll on Facebook. I don't, I don't look at my competitors. I don't look at how good other photographers are. So that's like a really important one. Then I also don't work hard all the time. Like I make sure I only work like five to uh, seven hours a day. And then I give myself like a long afternoon and a long morning. So my morning start I wake up at 4am. I do PT at 5am. I go for a walk for an hour and a half. Like this morning, I literally went out and I like meditated. Sunshine was there. I was listening to a book and I just stood there for like 15 minutes. And if you looked at my life, you'd be like, so what? He did all that and he had time to go for a walk for an hour and a half. But that's the time when you can reflect on what you're doing and you can steer your ship, like you have more clarity because clarity always gets you so much further. So if you're you're foggy at all, it's going to stop action because how can you take action if you don't know what the plan is? And so if you give yourself the grace and the space to stop and meditate and to do yoga, to exercise, to go for a walk, to listen to a new book or something, 
you will be able to create a plan and you give yourself ideas that other people won't have because instead of spending an hour scrolling on Instagram, getting other people's ideas or getting jealous or envious or get feeling bad about yourself, like now you've got the room to play. And I think that's important. That's so, that's so strong. I think um, along those lines as well, Jai, how, how you're talking about like, you know, being productive when you're actually at work, you know, five hours or whatever, like you obviously know, I think we spoke a year ago offline or saying, and I, I think you said to me, look at like two o'clock, like oh, I'm, I'm cooked. Like I'm, I'm 3 p.m. Done. man, I'm 3 done. 3 p.m. There it is. Yep. Yeah, yep. Two o'clock my time, three o'clock Melbourne. Exactly. Now, when you turn off, let's say, mm-hmm. I know this whole work-life balance, we're not going down that, but like when you turn off the, the, the gears with work, do you find you always need something? Because it sounds like like you're going to the like you're very productive in the morning. But what about in that afternoon slump when it's easier for dry to go back into the studio, do a little bit more, or jump on the laptop, mm. do a little bit more? How do you get past that, or how do you actually work with that? I don't believe in work life balance, so I, I don't care if I work at home or I'm, I'm chilling mm. at work. I just believe in like living a big life, and so. When I, when I go home, I honestly don't work and I don't have the inkling to work. And I spend a lot of time like literally doing nothing. Like I walk around and I start cooking some food for like an hour. And like yesterday, I was like, started watering the plants and I was looking, like I was just doing nothing basically. So I'm not always just like high pipe. But what I did do is like I did nothing all afternoon. And then about nine o'clock came around and then I just had this surge of like, fuck, summit's coming up. I haven't hustled hard enough. Like I need to be hustling. I need to be hungry. So I got on my emails and I started emailing all my connections. I'm like, I need EDMs to go out. Like I was reading email magazine sponsors. I'm like, you guys are going to be like, what's going on here? Like I wouldn't need this, need that. And then I sent out like probably, you know, 15 emails and then I went to bed or whatever. But this morning I was glad I did that because I woke up and I was like, man, i got some replies. People going to, you know, send some stuff out. If, if that sells 50 tickets, like that was definitely worth my time. That's interesting. I love it how you have the flexibility in your lifestyle as well. And you're open and honest about from the world. Like, I mean, when we look back at the achievements you've made in 12 months, I mean, it's a list, right? Like, yeah. And from the outside, and before you explain that, most of us would be like, oh man, he's got no kids or he's, you know, he's doing 20 hour work days. Like it's, it's all because of this, but you're human being. And it sounds like you're very, you know, I think the biggest one as well, hey, is, is that social media scroll. Like it's just mm. got worse and worse and worse. And it's very difficult for a lot of people. I know a spiritual coach in Sydney, Shane, and he used to say to me, dude, one of the hardest things for teens to 20s to 30s is to have time in solitude. And um, totally, like it can drain you. And I remember speaking to a few of my friends who were pretty hooked on the social media game you know, just like they, every minute you get, you're at dinner and they'll be scrolling. And I, I remember saying to one of them, dude, what would it take for you to spend three hours with your phone next to you, but you're not allowed to look at it? He's like, oh, nothing. I would, I couldn't do it. And I was like, try. And we're at dinner and his phone literally buzzed and he looked at it, looked He's at me and he goes, it. dude, I got to grab it. I was like, it's not you work. don't though. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you super, yeah, you, but it's, it's a big thing. Hey, we're time, eh? Like, being a, um, a consumer rather than producing the work that people are consuming, such a different mind shift. Hey, well, I think when you get into the zone of creating, like, like I'll grab my phone, but if I grab my phone like now, like we mm. grab it, I don't know if you notice how much I post all the time and I've got Insta stories going all the time, but if I grab it, that's like my reaction is press the plus button, then I look through my feed, and I'm like, oh, I should get post that, that. 
And then I'm like, and then I'm done. Or I walked in here before and I just posted a photo about to talk to Brian. Like, and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. So then there was no scroll, but I'm using the Instagram to sort of for my business. I know I need Mm. to be doing that. And I think that's really important. But there was this study that just came out and they said it was like, let's pretend Jaya didn't just like say facts and figures here, but it was around about 70% of people in the US spend four hours a day on TV. And that's been consistent for a long time, even though less people watching TV. Mm But then a new study also came out and they said roughly around about the same and it's taking over, it's spent about four hours on social media and not actually posting anything. Mm. And so it's interesting. Like imagine if you're the person that spent four hours on social media and four hours on TV. So of course, you're not going to produce the same amount that Jai's producing because he's posted a whole bunch, but he's been on there for four minutes. You know what Mm. I mean? So there's like a huge difference. So too many people say, they always say to me, Joe, I just don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. It's like, you do have time. I have time. I've got so much time. I'm not busy. It's just you don't manage your time and you don't mm. realize where it's slipping away. And I think that's really important. A huge thing you said then, you don't realize where it's slipping away. Mm. It's such a reflective mindset, right? Like a lot of the time we're just in the mix of it and, and you don't know until something happens. I know for me, being a father, I got pulled up and I was like, man, you need to get off your phone, you know? And I was pretending mm. to be productive on the phone, which is a totally different thing. So I was like, you know, totally. fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go out and buy a 3310. So I went out and bought a Nokia 3310. Literally on the weekends, I will just call forward all calls to the Nokia 3310 and chuck it in my pocket. And um, I generally don't have many calls over the weekend because normally I'm working at weddings or something. But and then when I'm with my little boy, I'm just like, I'm fully present, you know, like snakes irrelevant for me playing that game. You know, I don't do that. So I knew there was a shit or someone brought it to my attention that there needed to be a shift in order for me to be the best person I can be for my family. But when we work for ourselves in business, that's us having to make that reflection, right? Yeah, man. And what you've done is you've swapped out a habit. So like, here's a really good analogy of exactly what you've done. It's like, if you want to stop eating trashy food, stop buying trashy mm-hmm. food and bringing it home mm. because then there's no option. Like there's no junk food at home if you just didn't buy it. And so it stems to like the easiest way to go on a diet is like change what you're buying, bring it in the house. And the same as what you're doing, you go on a social media diet. So it's like change the device that's in your pocket. And now like it's completely different, but you also have to be very dedicated and like in control of yourself, I guess. And a lot of people are out of control. So um, to have the self-awareness and the control that you need to, that you are out of control and you need to change something, like I've got to do that all the time. So, so important, man. It's a tough one. I, I think when, you, when you're a parent, it's kind of like, it's pretty much in your face, you, you know, that interaction or saying you realize that you wasted it and it can be sometimes just too late. You know, there's moments we never know how long they're going to come and even in business, right? Like, mm. yeah, I remember actually... Um, one of the photographers I was mentoring last year said to me like, oh, business is dried up. I've got to do stuff now. And I was like, well, let's backtrack. Like, what have you been doing in the last six months? You know, we pretty much put it down to there's no productivity at all. And I'm like, mm. we can't just put up this thing today and expect this thing. Like, you need to put in the groundwork so that you yeah. have momentum. You know what I mean? And same, same as a parent, I think. Like, there's a difference between putting the phone down and playing for 10 minutes and then for the next week, just scrolling while they're there. Or actually like being really active in your approach and, and saying, this is going to be a change of... And you, you can see it as a parent. I see it in my little boy all the time, his face when I'm fully present. It's tiring and stuff, but it's like, it's incredible to go, you know, yesterday I bought a blow up dinosaur suit. So I was like, you know, like it was so just good, like, man. you know, it's like, 
man, he's going to froth this. So I just came out. Anyway, this is pretty funny. I just loved it. Yeah. Well, the word I was going to use was discipline. You got so much discipline. And it's so cool because like now that the phone's not there, you become... And I'm, I'm sure this is one of your goals, but to be an incredible father. 100%. You know? And so like so many people got these goals like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. I want to mm. do this. But it's like, no, nah, man, you need goals all through. That's why I said before, it's like live a large life. It's like, I want to be a fantastic father. Incredible. Mm. The world's best. And then so then you start thinking totally different. It's like, oh, man. So... I'm on my phone right now. That doesn't really go towards my mm. goal. And so maybe I could go get a dinosaur suit and I'm going to blow <laughs> his mind. And that's what I'm going to do today. And it's going to bring some happiness and me some happiness. And then tomorrow I'm going to do that again, but something different. Yeah. And then you have those principles about yourself. And we've talked about this before, man, like about going to the gym and using the reps and stuff. But too many of us go like, like your mentee said, it's like, um, I'm unfit now. I'm going to go to the gym today and hopefully I'm all good tomorrow. And so, you know, I haven't been for six months and it just doesn't really work like that. You can post and it's good that you did, mm. but you do need to get in there and do it over and over and over. And that's why I said like create goals, for instance, that like you are emotionally attached to. Like for yourself, Ryan, it's like I'd be attached if I was a father, I would want to be the best father. And like right now, man, I want to be the best husband to my wife. So every mm. day I tell her I love her. Every day I tell her how beautiful she is. I make sure like I'm cooking dinner for her or I'm ordering food. I make sure I take her out on the weekend. Make sure like those things because I think about it every day. Mm. And so you need to be like that with all parts of your life. And it shows in your business as well because I know truly how much you care about all the people that attend all your things, vice versa. Mm. I mean, I can speak from one-on-one experience with yourself, Jaya, being in... Oh, wait, wait, Sydney, yeah? Sydney. Sydney, yeah. yeah That's an awesome like, workshop. I love yeah, that. Yeah, man. Just like... Just the value you brought there. I could tell after the two days, you were just absolutely rattled. You know, it was huge. But you never once took your foot off the pedal because I was like, you know, and I was just like, man, I've done many workshops before and I'm just like, this guy, I only booked this or lady, you know, because of the name. And man, you don't give a shit. I'm sorry. But like, yeah, even the, all the other attendees said the same thing when mm. we all went out for lunch. You know, we can read body language pretty, pretty well as human beings, right? And, um, can see where there's a bigger purpose, which which you're absolutely doing in the game. So let's go back to the summit, Dry, just quickly. And I want to, I mean, I know we've got what? We've got 22nd of November. So we got five weeks until the summit. It, it's all, yeah. all hands on deck with the whole team. All hands on deck, man. So much fucking stress right now. <laughs> hey, you're going to pull it <laughs> off. I, I know you know you will. <laughs> I don't actually know. I know <laughs> no, that I will. No, you don't know you will. Down, but, but I don't know that I will, man. Like I just don't, you know. <laughs> I'm sure if you do uh, early, you know, you're like, okay, every box is ticked. And then you might just be like, hey, actually, let's do this. This will be a exactly. great idea. Like, you know, ticking the box there. And then, but well, we've the actually li- done that. <laughs> Can I tell you what I've added? Please do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is being ambitious, man. I, I don't know why, but we had a meeting a few weeks ago and we we're like, oh, so we've got enough lead time. Guys, that finally gives us enough lead time is what my team was saying. It's like finally giving us enough time so we can actually like plan things out and do a good job and stuff. And we don't feel stressed. And I was sitting there and I was like, guys, I've got this idea that I've like, I put it on the back burner, but I got a, I got a board of ideas. And I was like, I've actually always wanted to launch um, something equivalent to like AIPP awards. And because like those awards have kind of annoyed me a little bit, a mm-hmm. few different reasons. Like one is they're always ran by these old dudes that I feel like are not really in the industry with the trends, with the creativity that happens now with like the gear or the medium and how we create these days. And there's been so many things that come out. Yeah. Like I just think it's very like male dominant and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, um, 
no one's innovated awards in a long time and no one's celebrating like, you know, different cultures and, and different ways that we shoot. And there's so many new things in the wedding photography space, even the way that we post and stuff, you know? So I was like, mm. can we add awards, WPS awards to this summit? And everyone said, definitely no. So then the, the next day I was like, I was like real disheartened. And I went and talked to one of my friends. I was like, man, I really want to do it. It's like, I don't get it. Me and Morgan, we started the summit last time in six weeks and it was just the two of us and we launched the whole thing and, and it was huge. Now I've got a whole team of people and we've got two months and for some reason we can't add something new. And it was like blowing my mind. I was like, why is this? And I was like, I'm, I realized I'm listening to them too much and not listening to myself. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to change things up. I'm going to hire a, a general manager or project manager just for the awards to take the stress off me a little bit and off the team. I'm going to cancel a couple of things that they're doing, like take those things off. And then um, we're going to add the awards. So I came in the next day and I was like, no, we're doing it. Like I put it on the board, which means an extra new website, whole new onboarding system, a whole new like payment gateway and how it all works. I had to contact four or three more judges, which are like all, you know, the biggest photographers in the world. We have to like set up categories. We have to set up like, man, the back end, like everything. It's just a huge thing. You wouldn't do it in two months. No one would do it. No one in their right mind, right? So for this summit, we're going to have like the WPS awards. We're going to be sending out like crystal trophies and they're going to be judged by India Earl, Fur Huristi and Karamiya and myself. And wow. we're going to have um, eight category winners. And then people that go to the summit, we're going to have like a most popular photo so people can actually vote. And then we're going to have the wedding photographer of the year. So we'll crown someone that. <laughs> and man, I'm just fucking excited about that. We can <laughs> add something new onto like what we're doing and I'm I'm just like glad that I listened to myself because yeah I think like no one everyone says don't do this stuff it's too crazy and I and I just think like that's what makes me different to everyone else you know so I got to keep listening to myself <laughs> <laughs> Here's me saying you know like you get it all done and the next minute you pivot and you're just like hold on like we actually did and when you break all that down it's an immense task right like oh man that is huge and dude, man just to put it in perspective right like the designers that like I got some designing done, but they don't have time to build the website and stuff. And then so I was looking at everyone's work tasks and I was like, man, we don't have enough labor. And so even just now, I was like, I okay, I have to build the new wedding photography website and the WPS awards website, which needs to be decent. So it's gonna be me manually in there, like coding stuff, moving things, doing the graphics, which is like I just started now. But that in itself is gonna take me three solid weeks and just to learn how to do all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Mate, well, um, hats off to you, man. I know there's um incredible value. I mean, eight thousand attendees to the first summit. You know, like I'm, um, I'm sure they're they're all going to return. Plus, some um, seven dollars. So, like, man, seven. Like, can, can I let you know something else <laughs> like, I added that everyone told me not to? <laughs> what a seven dollar discount. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so we actually, I got a designer, and we designed these um hardcover journals that have like um weekly t- like challenges and you can set your goals and all this kind of stuff. And so we got these manufactured, they're beautiful linen, black linen with gold foiling and stuff. So they're valued about $65. And we are actually um, sending those out worldwide free shipping to the first thousand people that buy a $7 (laughs) ticket. So the logistics of that dude and the money, it's, I think it's going to (laughs) cost us six figures just to do that. And the, like the logistics of like, during COVID, there's, they've already told me there's like a six-day delay on all posts, especially when it's going to like Mexico and Alaska and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be a logistical nightmare. So everyone's warned me, don't do it. Like my VA, like the manager, don't, don't do this, please. Like you're just funneling money out the back door. Why would you do it? Mm. The thing is like, they think business, but I think creative. I'm like, man, but the opportunities, imagine the look on people's faces. Imagine how mm. happy someone is. Imagine how they feel when they come to our workshop and they get all this value and they just got a gift from the other side of the world from someone. Like imagine how that makes people feel. And so I'm like thinking different. I'm not thinking profit. Like I'm not thinking how much money am I worth or how, are people taking advantage of me? I'm just thinking, how can I bring some happiness to the world? You know? I guess if you had that mindset of profit, et cetera, I mean, it would be the silliest idea ever. A $65 journal going out, postage is going to cost you more than $7 simply as that. Way more than $7, man. Way more. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're receiving this incredible thing and then get two days in front of the world's best, know. you know, crazy. people that inspire, like incredible. I'm going to, um, the listeners are going to be like, how's Ryan, if Ryan speaks to him all day, how's he going to get all these tasks done with this lead up? <laughs> but I'm going to let you go. I'm going to link out to everything that we've spoken about, Jai. I'm going to link out to the summit, to the client journal, which is absolutely incredible, which you were just touching on there. So everyone can listen, uh, ch check that out, sorry. And the business map, which is obviously an, an incredible resource if you want to dive deeper into, you know, Giant as a success and, and be with like-minded creatives as well. Is there anything you kind of wanted to finish up on, Jai? No, not at all, man. I just like... Like always, I'm just always appreciative to be on your podcast and talk to your community and stuff. And I know like you ask so many good questions and I think it just brings so much value to people. And I really love that. And that's why I'm back over and over and over because sometimes like people ask like very selfish questions and sometimes people ask questions that are going to benefit so many people. So I love that. And I just want to say a huge thank you for like the continued support. It really means a lot to us. Like, yeah. Man, absolute pleasure, Jai. And I think it's definitely needed a fourth podcast episode with Jai Long after this summer. Yeah, talk about into how Christmas. I lost all my money. <laughs> talk about how all those journals went missing. Yeah. <laughs> how I had to hire full time support staff just to like chase up every journal. <laughs> but I would love to do a follow up, Jai, and talk about the wins and losses about the summit leading. That'd be in, awesome. Because this is on a big scale for a lot of people and they can understand you know the approach and 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 what actually happened because you're such a vulnerable person you share your failures so openly which is so beautiful to hear so let's do a follow-up before christmas leading into yes. the new year 2022 and um guys like i said head over to everything dry long wedding photography summit.co all links will be on the blog and um appreciate your time my man see you man <laughs>